Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today. Jonathan Taylor isn't being traded again. Where do the Colts go from here? Also, college football officially gets started this weekend, and the Angels prioritized the bottom line over good baseball. I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. One of the biggest stories of cutdown day was about a player not going anywhere. Jonathan Taylor, the aggrieved Jonathan Taylor in Indianapolis, is going to be there at least for the first few weeks of the season, placed on the physically unable, still on the physically unable to perform list, which means even if he's traded, he cannot play for the first four weeks of the season at least. Jake Arthur from Locked On Colts joins me now. And, and Jake, what kind of monkey wrench does this throw into what is already a volatile situation? Yeah, I don't I don't know that it changes much because this is what it's been all summer. Um I think the plan right now is to maybe reevaluate him at a, a certain point after those first four weeks comes up, uh, see if he is healthy enough to go or, you know, see, see what they can do from there. Uh, it's actually being reported tonight that the Colts might believe he's kind of healthy and conducting a hold in uh, where he's just not going to report and play. Uh, so that could ultimately, you know, once pup is up after four weeks, maybe they suspend him. Uh, that's actually a, a possibility, it, it looks like. So the situation could get uglier. Uh, we're just going to have to see. I, I I think for Taylor's benefit, if he wants out of here, you know, the trade deadline is October 31st. I don't think the Colts are going to get an offer sweet enough to move him unless he plays and shows that he's Jonathan Taylor. Otherwise, we're just going to keep getting stuck in this cycle. Yeah, and, and that leaves both sides in a precarious situation, right? Because now he cannot play the first month of the season, even if he or the Colts wanted him to. And if he want outs, he probably has to play for a team to give the Colts what they want to get him. So, Jake, where does that, where does that leave us? I know there, there's going to have to be a clear loser in this whole situation because, I, I mean, the relationship with the Colts seems done. Like, that's just, it is what it is. So I don't think he's going to get a new deal for the Colts, but like the Colts want to know that he's healthy and able to play in order for them to activate him again, you know, and other teams aren't going to pony up ample, you know, uh, trade equity or anything like that, unless they see that he is still a superstar running back. Otherwise he is a guy whose ankle still messed up seven months after it was supposed to be healthy. So there's going to be a clear loser here. And it sounds like it's going to be Taylor because if he stays on pup all season and doesn't play a snap, his season doesn't go, like, it doesn't count as a season played for him. So he's, his contract's just going to roll over to the next year. Which means, as you mentioned, this could get uglier before it gets better. What do you see as the most likely outcome here? Is Jonathan Taylor going to play for the Indianapolis Colts ever again? I don't think so. Uh, I do think he's going to have to get traded somehow. Like there's going to have to be some communication somewhere where another team knows that he's healthy enough to play. But I mean, this, the situation is just the, the Colts are going to move forward knowing they don't need him. Like he's not going to be factored into their offensive plans. I can't imagine that. 
And then for him, he's pretty dug in as well. He doesn't want to play for them. I mean, does he do something to get activated but still not play? Like, we'll see. I don't think he'll wind up playing for them anymore. I think ultimately he's got to get moved by this October 31st trade deadline because otherwise, what has this gotten us? Like, the Colts have got to want something in return rather than just letting him walk. I just don't think they got anything reasonable enough in terms of trade offers from other teams. Yeah, we know actions spur deadlines on these things or deadlines mm-hmm. spur action, excuse me. And so as we get closer to the end of October, we could be um, where the Colts say, okay, we're going to drop that asking price. Because as you mentioned, if he walks in the offseason, we're looking at a comp pick here, except the market for running backs says mm, a comp pick might not be very high, like even for someone like Jonathan Taylor. So is there a team you have your eye on? Is it Miami? Is there someone else where you go, okay, this makes, there is this perfect marriage of if this works for them, it can take them to that next level. And so they're the team that if someone's going to pony up the dough here, the metaphoric dough, it's them. Yeah. Miami seemed like the worst kept secret in terms of being the front runner and with the, the whole trade. And honestly, getting them at the trade deadline could be the perfect timing for them because they're supposed to be a contender. Uh, but a healthy version of Taylor could be something that puts that def- that offense over the top. Stay up to date all year on the Indianapolis Colts by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Colts on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, college football officially kicks off this weekend. Before we get to that, contract talks aren't what's keeping Joe Burrow out of practice with the Bengals. Get ready for the NFL season with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use. And you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. You can also jump onto the daily Major League Baseball train. St. Louis Cardinals favored to beat the San Diego Padres. FanDuel has the money line Cardinals minus 112. You can also combine bets with the same game to make even more money. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel official partner of the NFL. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. A snag in contract negotiations is not why Cincinnati Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow is not practicing. This according to coach Zach Taylor on Tuesday. In a virtual news conference, Taylor quickly and firmly denied that Burrow's absence is related to the inability between his side and the Bengals to reach a contract extension. Burrow has not participated in practice since he suffered a strained right calf on the second day of preseason workouts. That said, Taylor also didn't seem overly concerned about his star quarterback's road back to the field, saying, I think he has a very healthy body. The Bengals coach was non-committal when asked if Burrow will return to practice this week, which is not great because they return to, you know, games next week. The Mavericks waived center JaVale McGee on Tuesday, about a year after signing him as a free agent to a three-year contract with plans for him to start. McGee started seven of the first nine games, but fell out of the rotation about a month into the season 
and played sparingly the rest of the way. The 35-year-old has averaged 8-5 over his career. McGee is a three-time NBA champion, winning twice with the Golden State Warriors as a backup before starting 68 regular season games for the Lakers in 2019-2020, that bubble title. On the diamond, the Washington Nationals stun the Toronto Blue Jays. The Nets can just simply never make it easy. The Nationals beat the Blue Jays 5-4, and oh my God, what a weird last few innings. First and foremost, let's start out with some highlights from today's game. Carter Keyboom getting another home run since joining the Big League Club just a little bit over last week. Now it's just been, what, eight, nine days now. He's got a couple home runs in him. Carter Keyboom's starting to turn some heads, and let's be honest, he's not the only young guy who was turning heads in tonight's ballgame. Jacob Young, first and foremost, plucks his first hit, which was a bunt, whatever. First and foremost, what everyone cares about. That throw in the eighth inning, getting Alejandro Kirk, who, let's be honest, not the fastest runner ever, but Jacob Young, that throw was incredible. That is why this Nationals team has deserved this scrappiness title. Then, of course, the ninth inning, Kyle Finnegan loading the bases, nobody out, and we still, somehow, someway, get the win. The Boston Red Sox have no answers for the Houston Astros. Hi, this is Gabby from Lockdown Red Sox. Another day, another frustrating loss for Boston as they fell 6-2 to to the Houston Astros tonight. Duvall has truly just been unbelievable with this crazy tear that he's going on. Hit yet another home run tonight. That's seven home runs in nine games, which is absolutely nuts. And Brian Bayo did not have the best start tonight. Didn't have the worst start either. Gave up a couple home runs, and I thought he looked fine overall. But it's still a problem that the Red Sox starting pitchers are not going deep into games right now because it's really been forcing Cora to use bullpen arms in situations where they wouldn't normally pitch. And it's not fair because everybody's exhausted and they've been having to pull a lot of weight lately. So the starting pitching has just been a huge disappointment lately. Six and a half games out of the wild card now, so the chances of making it are slim to none. And the Cincinnati Reds are slipping away from the playoffs. Cincinnati Reds got one hit. It's one. With two outs in the top of the ninth, Spencer Steer gets an RBI double into straightaway center field. Nick Senzel was on second base. He scored. And that was it. Reds lost 6-1. to one. Really tough first two games here in San Francisco. The Giants now own the season series, so they've got the tiebreaker. If the Reds and Giants finish the season with the same record, the Giants will be ahead of the Reds. But uh, it's just been a rough go for the lineup these last two days. Starting pitchers for the Giants have owned the Reds between Kyle Harrison and Alex Cobb. We'll see what the Reds have in the final game of this series as Hunter Green is on the mound. Hopefully we will see the Hunter Green that we know and love and not this dude that's been his first two games back from the injured list. We got more? And did the Reds lose the trade deadline? That's on the next Lockdown Reds. Here is another story you need to know. No more week zeros. It's time for the real deal. Week one in college football. And joining me is the host of Lockdown's new college football kickoff live and the host of Lockdown Big 12, Drake Toll. And Drake, uh, we are always... Always just our cup runneth over with college football storylines yeah. here every single year. What are you 
most keeping an eye on here as we head into week one? Well, it's back, right? That's the the first thing you get. You get it in the NFL. You get it in high school football. You get it in, in college basketball. It's the fact that everything's back. Uh, and, and even more than that, with Locked On College Football kickoff, this is going to be a, a new venture for us college hosts. And to do it live as well as massive, it's actually live on every single channel across the college network. So if you love Locked On Wolfpack, we're there. If you love Locked On Cougs, we're there. Locked On Canes, we're there. So myself... Uh, we've got Alex Dono, who's one of the best hosts in the business. Kenton Gibbs, the exact same. We'll bring you all that. So I, as excited as I am about all the storylines in college football, I'm even more excited to talk about it live on Fridays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. And of course, Peter, you got to circle the big ones from Colorado and TCU to Florida State LSU. But all my eggs are in this Florida Utah basket. I cannot wait. I have to ask you about the Colorado one because Deion Sanders is going to suck up a lot of oxygen this season and we'll we'll see you know what I, I think the program's success or failure is going to be in a lot of ways secondary what are you expecting though mm -hmm. from this buffs team this season well they have over 50 transfers and that is far and away uh, unheard of in college football you know he showed up day one and effectively asked everybody in the room to transfer said he was bringing his own players his own bags and they were louis vuitton Here's the problem, <laughs> Peter. They weren't Louis Vuitton. So no. let's all wrap our heads around. They weren't the even really to me. They were like something below that even. No, 100%. They were the the off-brand. They went to uh, some shady place in New York and said, I like it. I think, is that Prada? They said, definitely yeah, not. Street. They still bought it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, so you, di you didn't get the Louis Vuitton that we were promised for Colorado. And you will. I think Dion wins in year two or year three, especially in that jump to the Big 12. This season... They lose to TCU by 24, 31 points this week. I love the Horn Frogs in this matchup. I actually have TCU in my top three or four in the Big 12 this season. While a lot of people think they'll take a big dip, I, I just, Colorado's not there yet. Deion Sanders is. Biggest show in town. He'll be the biggest show in the Big 12. Early college football promos, they're all just videos of him. But as it sits, they're going to suck this year. Yeah, there's a reason the Horn Frogs are... Uh are giving more than 20 in this one. You mentioned the LSU-Florida State game. This is this is a monster one, if for no other reason, than Florida State's future is uncertain here in mm -hmm. the college football landscape yeah. as they try and figure out what's next for them with alignment and all this stuff. Am I reading too much into this, or is this a, a quietly huge moment for Florida State? You're not reading enough into it, Peter. What are you doing here? They, in three years, they will not be in the ACC. I can guarantee you that. I I would... <laughs> The poppy thing would be to say in one year they won't be in the ACC, and it's true. That's that's a fact. Uh, the ACC right now is it is at fifteen teams, and ESPN says we will not rework your deal if you stay at fifteen teams. So they're going to basically lifeline Cal, Cal, Stanford, and SMU, and watch Florida State, Clemson, and Miami. That's your trade. That's your trade. Three for three to keep the TV deal intact. Florida State's gone. Miami's not going to sit around. Neither is Clemson. What you're watching unfold is an SEC on SEC matchup when those two teams kick off this weekend. And so that seems to me it puts a lot of pressure on Florida State to not get their doors blown off in a game like this. Can they do that? Don't crap the bed. Please don't crap yeah. the bed. And and I I you're proving a lot to a conference that looks down on you. Now, you'll, you'll remember Florida State won a national championship now 10 years ago under Jameis Winston and Jimbo Fisher yep. against an SEC team. They are far removed from that, but they still have those roots. And then they, they lost their coach have, to an SEC school. 
Bingo. Bingo. They they got they got plucked up. The ACC has been delegated to to much lower than what the SEC is. This is no longer an opportunity to prove what the ACC can be. It's now an opportunity to prove what Florida State can be because that university will be playing LSU year in and year out here very soon. So I don't think Florida State gets its doors blown off necessarily. Remember, they won last year by one point on a botched extra point. That's that's not going to happen this year. I've got LSU in this matchup squarely, but many people have them losing this week and still making the college football playoff because it's the ACC, man. You, me, we could build a team, Peter, and probably get close to winning it. Check out the live college football show every week on Locked On Big 12 or any of the Locked On Conference channels on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, the Angels put almost a quarter of their roster on waivers. What's going on in Anaheim? The Angels went all in at the trade deadline in an effort to make a playoff run and keep Shohei Otani this offseason. Well, the Angels are far out of the playoff race and decided to torpedo the whole thing as Locked On Angels host John and Mike Frisch detail. The Angels placed Giolito, Matt Moore, and Reynaldo Lopez, and Hunter Renfro and Randall Grichuk on waivers. That was according to ESPN. And, and Leon now, too. Leon and and, and Dominic Leon is yeah. now a part of that as well. These guys, Johnny, can be claimed by teams for free on Thursday. <laughs> sort of, yes. Yes. And so uh, for the Angels, this is really just a pure salary dump, according to Passin. Yeah, I, there's this nuance that's involved in that. And when I say nuance, don't hear me say, I'm defending the Angels doing this. You, you I'm, saw I'm, that tweet, didn't you? I, <laughs> I, I'm saying this. Here's the nuance. The Angels are very narrowly over the the luxury tax mm -hmm. in, in the first tier. Now, if a couple of these players get claimed, they'll fall below that. And mm -hmm. then what happens if they fall below that is their 2024 draft comp pick, if they lose Shohei Otani in free agency, will, will be after the second round rather than the fourth round. Correct. So that's the benefit of making these moves. Johnny, I think... It's ridiculous. And here's why I think it's ridiculous. You've traded away a lot of really good players. Mm -hmm. And now you're going to save $7 million. Right. And that's it. This is just so angels, so arty, and, and really just kind of the epitome of this season. This season, Johnny, is worse than last season. Like this oh, is just terrible, awful, no good. It's a very bad day. Those are my thoughts. Look, I get wanting to save some money as you're not going to make the playoffs if you don't have Shohei Otani. Because if you want to keep Otani, you're going to have to pay Otani. And because everyone's going to pay him, anyone that wants to sign Shohei Otani is going to pay him an exorbitant amount of money. He's worth it. But you have to convince him you're the place for him to not only play, but win. And now you're not taking winning seriously, or have not done anything to prove you are actually capable of winning. What you do instead is you try and pinch pennies. You try and save a few dollars. Now, of course, it's more than a few dollars. But in the grand scheme of a baseball roster, it's a drop in the proverbial bucket. So at the very least, this has to be done in concert with Shohei Otani. You go to him and you say, hey, listen, we are 
all on board. You saw what we did at the deadline. You saw what we did. We tried. It didn't work out. But we are going to try really hard again this offseason. And next year, we're going to give you all the money. So we need to save a little bit right now while we're not going to make the playoffs. And we'll figure this out. That is the minimum that has to be done. And if this was done with Otani's blessing, okay, great. If it wasn't, then you're mismanaging the greatest resource that your franchise has had. Oh, wait, since the last all-time great player whose team you mismanaged. Nice work. And finally, the new Professional Women's Hockey League was officially revealed Tuesday with six inaugural franchises and a 24-game regular season that begins in January 2024. The PWHL will feature three teams in the U.S. and three in Canada. The American franchises are located in Boston, Minneapolis-St. Paul, and the New York City area, which could include Connecticut and New Jersey. The Canadian franchises are located in Montreal, Toronto, and Ottawa, Ontario. The 2024 season schedule will be announced in the coming months. It's expected to run from early January through late May or early June. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who is already on upset alert in the first week of the college football season? So at least until tomorrow, stay Locked On Sports today.